Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good afternoon, everyone. It is Saturday, August the 5th, 2023. It is currently 3.36 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from the Theology Central studio located right here in Abilene, Texas, where it is currently 105 degrees outside. 105. I think Monday and Tuesday is going to be like 110. It is hot. So let me ask you a question. When it's very hot, like when it's like crazy hot, 110, 115, 120, do you get in your car and go to church if your church is having a church service? Do you? Or do you say, man, it's hot. It's hot in the car. The kids are going to be hot. I'm going to be sweat. I'm not going to go to church. I'll just stay home and I'll just watch it online or listen to something else. What do you do when it's, I don't know. 10 below zero or whatever, however cold it gets in some places. It's ice and snow. Do you get in the car, bundle up the kids? Are you like, you know what? It's too cold. I'm just just not going to go. It's too cold. Do you say no? What if it's pouring down rain, maybe thunder, lightning, some chance for storms? Do you go or do you go, yeah, I'm not going to go about that. What if, um, what if um, it's, you end up staying up later on a Saturday night than you intended? Maybe you stay up till midnight or 1 a.m. and you just can't sleep. Do you wake up Sunday and go, you know what? It, I'm tired. I, I just, I just, what if you just wake up and just don't feel like it? What if, uh, what if your church is doing a sermon series that you're just not into? Do you, do you skip it? Um, what if you do if you just get irritated because you don't really like Sunday school? What if you just, uh, like, what, what, what leads you to just say you're not going to attend church today? What, what, what is it? What is it that, what will you miss church? What will cause you to miss church? Is it sickness? Is it tragedy? Or can it just be the smallest thing? What, uh, weather just that's uncomfortable. You don't like it. Sermon series you're not interested in. I- anything. What can it be? What can it be? What, 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 what will cause you? Now you've got to have your own, you've got to have your own things. You've got to have, because everyone is different, obviously. So you have to have your own things where you're just like, nope, it's not worth it. Nope, not doing this, not doing this today, not going today. Do you go to every service? If you go to a church that has Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday, do you show up to every service or have you decided, nah, I'm just going to pick that one? I'm just going to pick that one. Why? What made you choose that? Now, obviously, if you choose that and you do that, you either feel 100% spiritually justified in doing so. You don't believe you're doing anything wrong. You think you're perfectly okay. Or maybe you think you're doing something wrong, but you just don't feel that guilty about it. Or maybe you just don't care either way. And you're just going to show up whenever you show up and you don't care what anybody says. And you don't care. What is your attitude about church attendance in 2023? Come on. You can be honest. What is your attitude about it? Has your attitude about church attendance changed over the years? What do you think caused it to change? What caused it to change? What what made you start changing? Like, ah, well, you know, I'm just not going to go tonight. Nah, I'm not going to show up. No, not going to show up. Like, what happened? What caused you to change your mind? Like, what 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 was the determinant? What was the the thing that changed everything? What was the factor that changed your opinion about attending church? Now, if you look at your church, I don't know how much you pay attention to attendance, but how are things, what's happening in your church? Is attendance down in Sunday school 
Or is attendance up in Sunday school? Is attendance down or up in Sunday morning? Or is it up and down Sunday night? Is one service getting more people and everything else is dropping off? Are you looking around seeing empty pew after empty pew or empty stadium seating, whatever you've got at your church? Is the parking lot more and more empty? Are people attending more activities but less services? Or are people attending services and less activities? What is happening? Now, it has been one of the kind of just repeating news stories within many religious circles, within the Christian news cycle, even in the secular news world, about the the basically imploding church attendance numbers and American Christianity. I don't, I, I can't, now I know we, there has been lots of discussion about what was happening in the UK for a long time, but I just recently, at least in 2023, I think it, it started in 2022, really coming out of the pandemic. There's been lots of discussion about this and the discussions go about how many people are watching church services online. Is that number decreasing or increasing? Obviously, we saw a massive increase during the pandemic. There's lots of numbers that seem to say that after a while, like it was new, it was novel, it was cool, and everybody kind of tuned in to see what it was all about. And then slowly but surely, the numbers started dropping and started dropping because the novelty wore wore off and then people didn't really care. And people would say, oh, I'm going to watch. But then, you know, you're at home. Oh my God, I'm going to, I'm going to watch church at home, but right there on your television, there's Netflix or there's this, or there's that. Or like all of a sudden you, you maybe even have it on, but you're not even paying attention. Right. I mean, you, you can you, and look and, and most pastors, if they are paying any attention to the, the, the software, the, the systems that they're utilizing, you can get numbers. Like I know instantaneously, I can look at how many people are in church, how many people are missing. I can immediately go look at the numbers and it will tell me how many people were watching, where those people live, if they're male or female and what device they're utilizing. Well, obviously as a pastor, it only takes me a couple of seconds to go, well, 80% of the church wasn't present and 90% of them weren't watching online. Like, like, you know, the number. So sometimes it's best not to know, but clearly there's been lots of reporting on that. Our numbers increasing or decreasing. And I think many of the numbers are saying people are kind of like just moving. They're not watching. They're not as engaged with watching online as they once were. And there's been one report after another report about where did the people go? They're not showing up to church. They're not returning. The numbers are going down. There's a, a bit of book that's been talked about. I think it's called The Dechurching. Uh, the Dechurching. I think it's out now or it's supposed to come out this month. I think it's called Dechurching. I don't remember the entire title. I don't have it in front of me. I did a podcast episode about the book a while back that was coming out. And then every news site in, a, in the world started picking up this discussion of this book, this book. And uh, there's a, a certain person, he listens to us. He, he emails me every time. Hey, here it is again. Here it is again. Here it is again. Yeah, like I talked about it and I'm not saying because I talked about it. I just, I think I was early, 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 early early on into the story, I saw the book and then started telling everyone about the book and, you know, the great de-churching that, that we're going through one of the largest, I think, I think the way the authors of the book and, and the authors of the study describe it, we're going through one of the most dramatic, largest religious shifts in American history, that more people have walked away from the church than at maybe any time in the entire history of this country. And they, they say it's, you know, revolutionary. Now, what the long-term impacts will be, I don't know. You may not even be noticing it in your church. 
You may not even be noticing it, but I have a strong feeling that if you look around, you should notice something's not right here. People tend to be now much more lax in their church attendance. They can take it or leave it. If you, if maybe they'll show up. Maybe they won't. Maybe they'll listen to you online. Maybe they won't. Maybe they will participate. Maybe they won't. Maybe they will financially support you. Maybe they won't. won't they will not. I think that there's kind of a much more just lax idea about it. And so you have to be like, what, what does this mean? Like, what does this mean long term? We do know many large churches will not be able to survive because it costs so much to maintain those buildings and the staff and the programs. They're going to have to either majorly downsize majorly downsize, sell off some property, maybe find a smaller building, or they're just going to collapse and fall apart. Many small churches, man, you get a, you, you get a, just a, a a small decrease, right? That's significant to a small church. You don't need that much. You only need just a little bit. And that can be devastating. Giving goes down in a small church. People stop attending, you can just so you're going to have to cancel this service. You're going to have to cancel this. You're going to have to cancel that. People don't show up. You don't have church services. You don't. People don't show up and the church goes away. Well, then you're, nobody's going to be able to listen to that church live stream. Nobody's going to hear the so-called internet ministry of that church because it's going to be gone. So, so where, where are we headed? What, 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 what's, what's happening? Now, I, I personally feel that the people in the pew right now are, and I say this all the time, sometimes there's always a disconnect from the pulpit to the pew, right? The p- people from the pulpit see things one way. The people in the pew see things a different way. The, why there's such a disconnect is the people in the pew sometimes cannot just be open and honest, right? Because they know sometimes if they were open and honest, it would come across very not spiritual. It would come across very fleshly, very carnal. So sometimes they won't just say, look, here's the deal. I've changed my opinion. I'm going to come to church when I feel like it. And if I don't feel like it, I'm not showing up. And I really don't care what you say. I don't care what scripture you quote. I'm not showing up if I don't feel like it. If I show up once, great. If I show up twice, you better thank me. If I show up three times, I better have a plaque. Whatever the case may be, they just need to be. But but there, there, there's something I think has changed. It just, I just feel the mentality has changed. Now, it may not be impacting your church. But I would love to know. Who knows? A lot of you listening, you don't even go back. You don't even go to church. You've already said, forget it. You've already dropped out of the local church. A lot of people are just disillusioned, sick and tired of the local congregation, the politics, the backbiting, the that it's almost like a performance. It's a game. The actual hijacking of American Christianity because of politics. Many people are washing their hands of the of the quote unquote visible institution and they're like, that's it. I'm I'm done. Now, some of those who've walked away are very engaged, very engaged, right, with the online religious world, quote unquote, the the online theological world. They're listening to podcasts. They're listening to live streams. Now, I know this. (laughs) 
if they're not supporting those people they're listening to, it's not going to matter because you're not going to have them to listen to, right? Because if a pot, like let's say if, if an online ministry is connected to a church and the church, people stop attending the church, then the number, then they don't have the money to support the online ministry. Then the online ministry either has to find a new way to raise money right? So then what do they do? Or they go away. And then all of that stuff that you had available online, you're going to look around going, what happened to it? Well, what do you think was going to go happen to it? If the church collapses, then those online ministries collapse because many cases you're benefiting from online ministry because it's coming from a church, even though you don't go to a church. So you better than support that online ministry or it won't be there. I think there's lots of questions these issues are going to bring. There's lots of issues that we're all going to be facing as we move into this brand new future where church attendance is way, way down and we're, we're involved. We're living through one of the greatest religious shifts and uh, in history, as some people describe it. Now, the only reason I bring, I, we, we've been talking about this over and over and over for, I feel like over a year. I talked to everyone about the book and the study on the dechurching. Um, and again, it's been reported everywhere. Well, this morning, again, for some reason today, I'm using the Google podcast app. I don't know. For some re- that's the podcast app of choice today. Um, I have so many, but I, I, I went to the Google podcast and uh, I opened up America's First News this morning with Gordon Dill. All right. So... America's First News this morning with Gordon Deal, D-E-A-L, this morning with Gordon Deal. It comes out every morning. It usually drops pretty early in the morning. I think around 4 a.m., 5 a.m. is typically when it drops. And it's America's First News. It's like a morning news program. It's about, I don't know, I, I first heard it on radio uh, one early morning, and then uh, I found that there was a podcast. It's about 44 minutes. I think on radio, it's probably a little longer because of commercials. Uh, but I listen to it every day, and it's just your typical news, right? Now, sometimes I'll go a little bit longer in their segments talking about whatever. Uh, like in today, this morning, they were talking about the NCAA and gambling and, and how the NCAA wants to start profiting off gambling. And, and okay, so like things like that. And then All of a sudden, I think it was literally after the gambling segment, they went to a commercial. Now, on on the podcast, you can tell where they go to the commercial because they come back in with their music. And they came back in with their music. And we got this. Again, this comes from America's First News this morning with Gordon Deal, D-E-A-L. And this is what we heard. Now, this is not a Christian program. This is not a Christian news program. Just your normal, everyday, mainstream news program. And look what they're talking, they, they were talking about early this morning around 4 or 5 a.m. Well, church attendance for Gen Xers has dropped off more dramatically than other age groups. The percentage of people ages 39 to 57 who attended a worship service during the week, either in person or online, fell from 41% in 2020 to 28% in 2023. That's a major drop. And please note, they're including even attending a service online. Wow. And that's the Gen X group, the Gen X group. You, you may think, well, Gen, Z, Gen X, the largest group and the largest drop in church attendance is among Gen Xers. What, what happened? What happened? 
That's a significant drop. And that includes listening and participating to services online. Now, see, I think there, there was a mentality that if, that if we put all of our services online, people will atta- will watch and get, get from that. I know that's a huge drop. That's a huge drop. We're going to listen to this entire thing. That's just like massive. Now, I, and, and, and it would be one thing if it was like attending a physical service. This is even online. So I think that there was this mentality, if we put all of our messages online, if we live stream our messages, the people will come. Well, they did. And then they left. (laughs) Something is amiss here, ladies and gentlemen. Something is amiss. Let's see what they have to say here. More from Claire Ansberry, columnist at The Wall Street Journal. Claire, what's up here? That age group um, of all adult age groups had the biggest drop. Um, the, the next biggest drop was millennials, and that was only 7%. So, um, yeah, it was it was striking. And, it, you know, it surprised the people who were doing the, the survey. Um, and, you know, when people try to think exactly why that might be, um, there's a lot of reasons. And, you know, it's really kind of speculation. But um, some people say, okay, look, um, they're at that age. Their kids may be getting older, and a lot of them went to church for their kids. They wanted to maintain that practice, get them through confirmation, um, bar mitzvahs, bat mitzvahs, uh, have that instruction. And then when the kids get a little older and off to college, then they're, they're just not maintaining it. Um, okay, now I don't know if the reporter's confused. Because if you're saying bar mitzvah, bar mitzvahs, you're not referring to the church. I'd be referring to synagogue. So are you just talking all religion as a whole or are you referring to the church? If you're thinking of the church, I would be thinking you're referencing something that would be at least associated with Christianity, quote unquote, in general. You're bringing in Judaism. That's the synagogue. Are you referencing that as the church? So I'd need some clarification here because then maybe that number drop is including everything. But even if it's including everything, I still think it would indicate there's a change in mentality. There's a change in mentality. I think people take churches, just take it or leave it. Like, I, I, I just know when I... I'm just looking at my own experiences here. This this is not scientific. I just felt that there was a time when I first became a Christian that the attitude was that if you are going to be a committed Christian and you're going to grow, you're at Sunday school, you're Sunday morning, you're Sunday night, and you're Wednesday. And if the church is doing anything else, you're there. You're there with a Bible. You're there with a notebook. You're ready to listen. You're ready to take notes. You're ready to answer questions. You're ready to participate. And for the most part, I felt that most people were excited to be there and wanted to be there. Right? That just just seemed like kind of the the normal way, right? Then I kind of started noticing. Now, then I was a teenager. I may not have seen it completely yet. But once I get to the 1990s, I did start seeing some weird things, right? I started seeing some weird things. You could have 300 people there on a Sunday morning. And then Sunday night, you're down to maybe 100. And then on Wednesday you're down to like 50 or 40 and you're like, what, where did all the people go? So I started noticing that more and more at my church in, uh, in Bellevue, Nebraska. I mean, the sanctuary would be packed out on Sunday morning. 
Wednesday night? We weren't even in the sanctuary. We were downstairs in the quote-unquote fellowship hall in a semicircle with metal chairs. And you're kind of like, what happened? And then when we moved from Nebraska to Texas, that we were finding many more, most of the service, we would visit a church and we're like, okay, what, no Sunday night service? And Wednesday night is kind of just like a, maybe like a little devotion. I'm like, what is this? Now it was always like, join our small group, join our small group. Okay. But, and then some churches you were kind of like, why don't you? And I remember at least one church, we thought about joining because we thought the doctrine was good. We're like, where's your, why don't you have a Sunday night service? Everyone stopped coming. And I was like, what, everyone just stopped? (laughs) Like, you didn't bother to have a meeting going, uh, guys, we still have church on Sunday night? Like, what? No, we're just not there. And so then you're just kind of like, what? So I I already started seeing a change, a change. And then I feel like by the time the pandemic was over, boom, people were just kind of like, I'm just going to do whatever I want. I mean, I mean, and, and, and the history of my church, it had always been the people who were at Sunday school were the people on Sunday morning. The people in, in Sunday school on Sunday morning were the people on Sunday night. So there was literally no difference. It was the exact same people. They all showed up to every service. There was no, there was other than maybe someone who had worked a shift or, or something. But I mean, for the most part, it was almost the same. And then now it's, it's complete. It's not, it's not been the same since. And I don't know what you do. Like, what do you do as a pastor? Do you go like, uh, Hey guys, thanks for coming in. You do realize we were here an hour ago, right? I mean, <laughs> you do realize that. And then you start asking questions and then you realize, yeah, I didn't even listen to the last hour. You know, it was kind of like, you know, I don't know. It was kind of live streamed, uh, you know, kind of on the internet, you know, you, or, 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 or then people will miss and then you'll ask a question and they'll be like, well, I wasn't here. And then you're kind of like, yeah, that's why we pay close to $200 a month so that not only can we live stream, you can literally listen to it five seconds after it's over. When this broadcast ends, I guarantee you within 15 to 20 seconds, I'm going to get a notification from multiple podcast apps that this episode is already available. But then you'll have people like, well, I wasn't here. How do you expect me to answer the question? And you're kind of like... Oh boy, what is happening? What is happening? And you want to be patient, but you don't, it like, it makes literally no sense. Like, why would you say that you weren't here? You know that we're, you know, I don't know. You, your church has a podcast. It's in the top 5% of all podcasts in the world. And you don't know how to find the content. Like sometimes it's, it's just, you don't even understand. There's something has changed. Something has changed. Now she says there's a lot of speculation. Nobody really knows why. That could be that, hey, we went to church because we wanted to get our kids to a certain level of religious education, and then peace out, we were gone. We were only there for the kids. That could possibly explain it, but I think that's always been true to some level in every gener- generation. So why if all of a sudden Gen Xers and, and around 2023 have basically said, that's it, we're gone, peace out, we're out. And dropped by, I don't even remember what that percentage point was. It was over, I think over 20% drop. 40 something to 20, down to 20 something percent. It was a pretty deep, it was a, it was a, I mean, they even said they were shocked by it. Now, again, we need some clarification because she just made it sound like it's referring to basically any religious group. 
So we would want to break it down by then denomination, by which Christian group are you referring to? Which Christian groups had the biggest drop? Was it Catholics? Okay, well, we reject Catholicism and their gospel, so we wouldn't be bothered by that. Now, I have seen, well, yeah, we could get into a whole discussion there, but I still think that there's just a, something is changing in people's mentality here. All right, let's see where else would they go with this. Some people say it was the pandemic. You know, people uh, stayed home during the pandemic and they got out of the habit of going. Of course, that would affect all generations. And, uh, you know, people say, look, it was this this decline uh, was not caused by the pandemic. The pandemic may have accelerated it. Mm. Um, so so that's that's an, another element. The, the other thing, too, is uh, somebody made the point that people in their 40s and, and 50s, um, that they really didn't, they were going because it had become a habit. They really didn't, just, it was just something that they always did. And, you know, the pandemic did, in a way, give them a time to start thinking, um, why am I going? Um, some people feel that, uh, you know, a lot of the polarization, um, everybody's familiar with the polarization, uh, um Politically, socially, mm-hmm. um, social issues that that has turned some people off as well. Yeah. We're speaking with Claire Ansberry, columnist at the Wall Street Journal. Her story is called Why Middle-Aged Americans Aren't Going Back to Church. Why middle, um, Middle-Aged Americans Aren't Going Back to Church from the Wall Street Journal. Now, sometimes they put those things behind a paywall. If you can get access to the article, Why Middle-Aged Americans Aren't Going Back to Church from the Wall Street Journal, maybe you can, you can really dive into it and see if you can figure out how they did the statistics. Because there's some questions that we, we need to, to need to answer. I, I haven't had a chance to go do any research, but it's something that we can do. I have a feeling that the, the gentleman who keeps sending me all these articles, he'll probably take it all apart and, and map it out and chart it out because he's always d- digging into stuff like that. So he may have, he may have some ideas. Anybody else feel free to jump in and do what you want with it. But, um, she mentioned polarization. Now, I do agree. Many people are turned off with the church because of social issues and the political hijacking of the church. That's the drum I've been beating over and over and over and over and over and over for years now. The church has become politically hijacked. I know this. I'm just going to be per- I'm just going to be perfectly honest for, with myself and with you. If my church didn't exist, I don't know what I would do. I literally don't know what I would do. One, some churches are so politically hijacked, I'm not getting anywhere near it. The people are so politically hijacked, I'd probably lose my ever-living mind even having talking to them. I wouldn't be able to handle it. So that's one. Two, there's just so many theological issues. I don't know. I, I don't know what I would do. I literally don't I don't I literally don't know what I would do. I feel like I would I feel like I would just be I don't know. I don't know what I would do. I do know this. I would obviously keep studying, reading, listening to sermons, and I would continue to pursue truth. I just don't know what I would do if my church fell apart. And I think a lot of people may be in the same boat. Their church changed. Like, maybe we, we could ask this question. Is it possible that their dramatic change in church attendance is an indicator that the church changed? 
Now, I started this by putting the emphasis on something has changed and I put the focus on the people. Did something change in the people? Now, I think that there has been some change in the people, but has the church changed? Like, I don't know if it's just the people or it's the church. I do, I do think this. We live in an age in 2023 where people are drowning in content. They've got a billion movies to choose from, billions of songs and albums to choose from, billions of sermons to choose. They got just so much of everything. Is it not possible that many see the church as just another content option and they can take it or leave it? And the churches that seem to excel are the ones who say, we're not here to give you content. We're here to give you community. We're here to give you friendship. We're here to give you relationships. We're to, and they may be excelling because they're offering something other. If you're a church where you're like, we're here to give you content, teaching, we're, we're going to give you, maybe now teaching is no longer what is very attractive to people. They're not so much worried about your teaching. They're worried about do I feel like I belong? Are my emotional needs being met? Maybe that people are no longer, because they can get the content anywhere. I mean, come on. If you're a pastor today, let's just be honest. If you're a pastor today, I don't care how good you preach. Can you really compete with all of the content online? Come on. And aren't the people going to be now a little bit more critical? What was that? I can, I, how did the pastor handle that text? Look, I'm just, look, you're in the car driving home. Man, I don't know what he was doing with that text. And look what you're doing. You'll type in whatever the passage was, right? You type in the passage, say on the Sermons 2.0 app, boom, I've got 400 sermons. You start listening. These sermons are so much better than that. Well, why drive to a church where you can get better content on your phone? I mean, come on, come on. That has to have an impact on things, Right. That, that, that's got to have an impact on that. If you're going to church and one of the reasons you go to church is here preaching so that you can learn and be spiritually fed. Well, you don't really need to go to the church to get spiritually fed when you've got 50 billion sermons right there on your, your device. I mean, right now, let me just look here. I, I do this all the time just to prove my point. I'm opening up the Sermons 2.0 app, right? I'm opening up the Sermons 2.0 app. I'm going to go to Sermons right here. Where is it? I'm going to Discover. I'm going to go to Discover Newest Sermons. Okay, now immediately I go to Newest Sermons. I don't have the number here of how many, but there is, I mean, I could just scroll for probably, I could scroll for hours probably. I don't know how long. It's just going to keep loading and loading and loading and loading and loading. Just in sermons that have been added oh, probably over the last 30 minutes, an hour, who knows how long. The conflict of the stranger, waiting the wrong way, God's sovereign grace, a sure remedy against pride. Lift, now that's, hey, a sure remedy against pride. We've been talking about pride, see? Now I want to go listen to that because it relates to the things we've been talking about. Oh, that looks, lift it up. Rejoicing in the five-day-old Messiah. That sounds interesting. Minding the things of the Spirit. Psalm 39, part one. Psalm uh, Trouble and Assurance. Psalm 38, part two of two. God's uh, provision for his elect. Psalm 38, part one of part two. Prayer and sacrifice of Elijah. Walk in the Spirit. August 5th, 2023, Bible reading. 
Judges, Acts, and Jeremiah, believing lies, the supremacy of action over forgetful hearing and empty professions. Is anything too hard to God? Uh, for God, not for sale. Ask, seek, knock. I, I mean, I can just go on and I mean, there's sermon after sermon after sermon. When you have so much content, I mean, do you think the people could possibly go, uh, you know, go to church, don't go to church? What difference does it make? It's just another sermon. So maybe churches now have to transition going, hey, we are here to give you a sense of community and a sense of belonging and where you can make lasting relationships. And I think a lot of marketing of the church has turned more into that. They don't have any good. I do believe the the politicizing of American Christianity and the church becoming politicized has become a major problem. No question about it. No question about it. The church is divisive and dismissive of anyone or not of a certain political stripe. I think there's no question about that. I think that's contributed. But I think I think the church so the church has changed, which then that's going to reflect in people going, I don't want to be a part of it. But I think the people have changed as well. And I think the people are just much more willing to go, yeah, whatever, take it or leave it. Like they they got so much stuff available in every area that they're now like, whatever. Whatever. I mean, just think about, I mean, you can't blame the people for their minds changing some, right? I mean, do you get in your car to drive to the store when you can just order it and have it delivered? Are you going to go walk the mall when you can just order it on Amazon? Are you going to go to the local bookstore where you can order it on Amazon and have it shipped? Or you can just order it for your Kindle? Like, just think of how much has changed in society about going Going versus now just sitting and getting. Well, if you're now have moved from the mindset of going to get versus now sitting and getting, then that sitting and getting mentality is also going to begin to influence how you see church because you're going to see church in some ways as content, as something that you go to get something. Well, I don't need to go get it when it can be brought to me. And I understand that. And I appreciate and love the fact that people want to use technology. But I got to say it again. If you may not go and get, but if enough people don't go and get, then the place you're getting it from by sitting can't get it to you because they're no longer going to exist. So if you're not going and getting, you better be sitting and supporting or you're not going to get what they have to offer because it's not going to be there. I think that's that's I think that's something some somebody's going to wake up and realize one day he's going to be like, well, wait a minute. I used to listen to that church. I wonder what happened. Nobody attended. (laughs) That church used to put four sermons out a week. Well, they canceled three of their services because nobody would show up. (laughs) Okay. That that, that that will have dramatic impact on it. Right? So let's see if they offer any. They don't have any good reasons, so I'm just trying to offer some of the reasons for all of this. Let's see if they have anything else to say about this very important and timely topic. Here we go. So a, a, a lot of the finger pointing is at us as uh, congregants or worshipers, but surely uh, priests or other religious leaders must have some role here. Has anybody suggested what that issue is? Oh, sure, sure. And and that is, uh, you know, one guy in his his 40s, early 40s, you know, he went to Catholic grade schools, he went to Catholic high schools, um, he went to, uh, his wife got all the sacraments before they got married, and he quit, started, he started to stop going in, in his 30s because he felt that all the messages 
were um, sort of marginalizing people that he knows and himself, you know, uh, people who are gay, who are um, living together, who are divorced. And it just wasn't something that um, he he said, I don't need to hear those sermons. Now, I do think we have a change in people in that way. People are much more now, hey, I don't want to hear that sermon. I don't like it. I don't like your message. I don't like your morality. I don't like your interpretation. So I'm not going to go. Now, that goes to something as a complete change. See, that, that's not so much a change in the church. I don't know why they would say that, that that reflects on the pastors. That reflects on the people. That doesn't reflect on the church. The church should keep preaching the same message, whether people like it or not. With or without offense to friend or foe, you preach the word exactly as it is. I know that's a, a that's a total change of the actual quote. Okay, but I, I that you you continue to preach in season and out of season. So that's not a that's not a change in the church. That's a change in the people. My concern is the church has changed its message to become more political. Now that's what that's a whole different subject. That's a whole different. But if people are like, hey, now I don't believe that's wrong anymore. And if you keep preaching that sermon, I'm not coming back. Well, <laughs> then you got to go. I'm, I'm not going to change the, hey, we can't preach this text because it could offend Bob over there. Bob's going to have to get offended. Right. I, you can't. Yeah, that That's I don't know why they would say that's a that's the church. That's that the, that's the blame and the people in the pew. The people in the pew, but again, it's a consumer content minded people who say, look now, do you watch what the television channel wants you to watch? No, you watch what you want to watch when you want to watch it, right? You don't go like, oh, wait, coming on at seven o'clock tonight, they're showing me this. You're just like, I'm not watching it. I'm going to go watch this or this or this or this. You, everything in culture is basically, you can get what you want when you want, and you don't even have to go get it. It will be brought directly to you. It's a very self-centered narcissistic kind of approach to life. Well, you you can't expect that not to impact the way people think when it comes to a sermon. I don't like that sermon. I'll go get a different sermon because you have all of those choices. So I don't know how that affects the church. To me, the problem would be the church changing its message that's no longer biblical, that's becoming more political. That should drive people away. But if the people have changed their views... And the church won't change their view. Either case, change is happening and people are leaving and not coming back. Um, interestingly, he, he, he won't go to church and he's not donating to the church, but he does still support Catholic schools and their athletic programs. Huh. He said he still values the education he got. Um, and, you know, he's got a three-year-old and, you know, they're looking at Catholic schools because of the programs they offer, you know, for daycare, athletic programs. And he said the values, but he was just, he was turned off. Wow. Was he the same one or was it somebody else who said something along the lines of, uh, just because I don't go to church, uh, I don't know, doesn't mean I'm not a good Catholic or going to church on weekends doesn't define me necessarily. Yes. No, that was another, another guy who, um, he was 45 and he said, you know, you kind of got out of the, the practice. Um, and he says, I go back, but probably not as much as I should. And he he has changed church. He went to a Baptist church of his youth, and now he goes to a non-denominational church. He feels like it's a—he likes the vibe, he said. And he said that, you know, I don't really think that uh, going to church every Sunday really defines 
who, who I am. Thanks, Claire. Claire Ensbury, columnist at The Wall Street Journal. Coming up next, the golden handcuff. Okay, there you have it. There you have it. That, I mean, it's not a great report. I mean, they're kind of all over the place there. And, and, and what do you, and, and, yeah, I, hey, I, I, I used to go to this church. Now I go to this church because the vibe is better. I'm, I'm sorry. From a theological perspective, I'm not going to take you too serious if you're choosing a church because of the vibe, okay? I'm sorry. I, oh, you stopped going to church because you chose another church because of the vibe. Okay. I'm sorry. At that point, I don't know. I don't know what theological category to put you in. That's something horribly wrong there. But again, I think people, I think we have two changes happening. The church is changing. I don't think there's any way to get around it. Much more political, much more culture war oriented. And I think that's detrimental because it moves the church away from being the bride of Christ to basically a prostitute for a political party. And you may not like that, but I'm just going to say it that way. The church has stopped being the bride of Christ and become a prostitute for political parties. And I'm tired of it. And and, and I would get sick of that and not be a part of it. All right. That, that's just there, there's there's an issue there. At the same time, I think people are changing. Because people see church as providing content. Can any local church really compete? Can I can't even compete with what's online. You take any sermon I've preached on Jeremiah. We've spent the summer in Jeremiah. Put it up against all the things you can find online. Come on, let's be honest. I'm trash compared to what's out there. There are these in-depth, powerful sermons on Jeremiah, and I, I look like an amateur compared to what you can find online. You can find everything online. It's trash. I know. I, I got like I got no problem admitting that. There's no point in trying to pretend otherwise. And I think local pastor after local pastor and local church after local church knows what can I do to compete with what's out. There's so much out there. Just the sheer quantity. Even if I felt mine was of greater quality, it would still be insignificant in light of the sheer quantity that's available. Look at how many sermons are available on the Sermons 2.0 app in the book of Jeremiah alone. I could, you could spend a lifetime just listening. I think, uh, I think, uh, the person who has been sending me these news articles, he gave me the statistics. I think it would take like four lifetimes listening to like sermons eight hours a day just to listen to all the sermons that are available in the Sermons 2.0 app. It was some crazy statistic. It was insane. I may not have those numbers exactly right, but it was like lifetimes listening hour after hour a day. Just the sheer quantity of sermons available on the book of Jeremiah. I can't compete with that. I can do the best I can working through a chapter, asking questions, and then you can immediately go home and go, well, I got 10 sermons right here. They answered the question. They did a hundred times better than you did. And they didn't, you know, mispronounce or mess up or whatever the case may be. And I, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. I can't compete. I know that. Every local, every church has to know you cannot compete. Well, no matter how godly the people want to sound, they know that. They know that. It's Saturday. It's, it's Saturday. Before now, it's going to be Saturday evening. Anyone can be sitting at home this evening going, do you feel like going to church tomorrow? I don't know if I feel like going to church tomorrow. We're going to go to Sunday school? I don't know. We're going to go to Sunday school. I don't know. I don't know. Probably not. Well, what do you want to do? I don't know. I'm going to listen to a sermon tonight. 
Okay, then that'll just be my sermon for tomorrow. Or I'm going to just listen to this tomorrow. And you just sit at home, you listen, you're good to go. You're not involved in any way, shape, or form. You may not even be supporting in any way, shape, or form the content. You may not, you, you may be engaged, you may not be engaged. And then there's your church. Boom, good. Now, that's great for you. Now, that church, they may be like, we need someone to show up, please. Okay, we're we're hanging on by a thread, okay? And unless people support it, it's going to go away. But guess what? Those people will be like, well, I'll just move to the next church. I'll just go to the next. I'll just keep, I'll keep listening until there's whatever's left. And it's hard not to blame people for thinking that way. Because you have so much content available. It's, 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 I'll just end with this because this was supposed to be short, but you know, that's, this is what always happens to me. I'll end with this because I think there's a little bit of truth to this. And I'll talk music because as a music fan, I, I, I can only talk, well, you can only talk what you know, right? Sometimes as pastors, people get tired. Like you, you keep using the same illustration. Sometimes you can only talk what you know, right? Unless you borrow from an illustration from someone else, but then you're only doing it more as a performance because you don't really know it, right? But I know this. There was a time in many people's lives, if you loved music or listened to music, that you would go to, you would, you would, you would get in a car, you would drive to a record store, Maybe you went to the mall and go to the record store in the mall. You would walk the aisles looking at all the album covers, looking, flipping through maybe the CDs or the vinyl or looking at the cassettes, depending on your, when you were doing this, maybe the record store was playing something and you would hear it going, man, what album is that? And you would go look at the album. And you're like, Ooh, this looks good. You would take up to the counter and you would purchase it and it would cost you money. And then you would take it home. Now you just spent your hard earned money on it. So now you, now, now you've, you physically went to get it. You're physically holding it. You physically paid money for it. And now you're physically holding it at home. You're opening it up, right? You're, you're taking off the wrapper on the vinyl. You're opening up the CD case. You're smelling it. You're touching it. You're seeing the CD. You're seeing the LP. You maybe open up the, the sleeve that maybe have artwork on it. You're looking at the album artwork. You have this interaction. You're touching it. You're feeling it. You're smelling it. You're seeing it. And then you listen to it. But because you paid your hard earned money, <laughs> most likely in most cases, now some, some, some teenagers would do this, but in most cases, at least for me, I'm like, I'm going to listen to every one of these songs 75 times because I paid for this. I'm going, even if I started listening to the album going, man, this is not my favorite. I'm going to keep listening to it because I got to get my money's worth. So you, you, and then just think some of those albums became such a part of you that to this day, if they, if, if, if a song starts playing, you know, you know, the song, you're like, I know what the next song is. I know what the next song is. I, I know the lyrics. I know the transition between song to song. You, because, because you were connected to, there was something there. But then now all of a sudden, boom, it's everywhere. You can just one subscription to any music streaming service and you've got song after song after song after song, album after album. And guess what you have a tendency to do? I, okay, yeah, I'll skip that. Okay, I'll just listen to that song. Okay, maybe that. Okay, uh, nah, not so much that. And you just, you don't have any real connection to it anymore, right? You don't. 
You, you, you may say, oh, I like this song, but does it really ever become a part of you? Because it's just so much, it's just another piece of content. No, just another piece of content. You got movie. They, they just, they're just there. They're just disposable. They're just disposable. Well, what happens when sermons just become disposable? You have no real connection to the people, to the, to the ministry that's producing the content. You just, it's there or it's not there. Why support it? It's, I got 15,000 other options. Why? Who cares if that church goes away? Who cares if I'm not there? Just give me the content and I can move on. Now, to me, the dangerous part is that churches will start saying, we've got to find a new way to get the people here. And so then you start creating all of these other ways, because then if you get the people here and you get them involved, then you have them hooked and then they'll be there. But because you got to just realize the content's not the, is not king anymore. Content's not king. Something else is king. Now, I think that's horrible because the church was designed to equip saints so they'll no longer be tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine. It's not to become a socially network or a social club where you can build, you can find a new good buddy. Okay, I, I'm, I'm not down with that, but that's, I understand why churches like, we got to find something else to get them. So churches have to look at like, well, what are we doing? If people are dropping out, we don't, and if our, our, if the giving decreases, how do you, how do you pay for the electricity? How do you pay for the ministries? You got to start figuring out things to cut or you got to figure out what services to get rid of Sunday night gone. And guess what most churches do that cuts out a service? What do you think? Do you think services that drop their Sunday night? Do you think the pastor is now turning on a microphone in an empty room recording uh, theological or biblical teaching? No, 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 no. There's just no service. So the people get less spiritual food. Do the people care that they get less spiritual food? No, they probably don't even notice it because they can just grab any app they want and get all the spiritual food that they want. So they don't care if it goes away or doesn't go away. There's no, it's a change of mindset. Now I know I'm trying to I'm trying to answer the question what ha- where did the people go why are why are middle aged Americans not coming back to church what happened I think the church has changed and many has become more political and I think that's detrimental I think the people have changed culture has changed now what does that what does that mean for the future of your church and my church I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Now, I know for me, my problem is I just refuse to do church as normal. So therefore, yeah. I mean, if you, if you were to say, how would you describe your church? It would be content driven, right? It's not community driven. It's content driven. I'm there to get, uh, I have always told people, all I have to offer you is the best teaching I can give you. I will dive in, dig in. We'll rip the text apart, flip it upside down. We're going we're gonna to ask tough questions. We're not afraid of questions. I'm not afraid of rocking the boat. That's all. If you want something else, I don't have it. Well, guess what? That's useless in 2023 because that content is everywhere. So from that perspective, my church probably won't even be in existence who knows how long from now? And what does that mean for the future of this podcast? I don't know. I have no idea.
don't know. It's like waking up one day. There's a documentary series out there on the the demise of, of the local mall. And it's these men who go in and they go into these abandoned malls. There used to be these malls all across the United States of America. It was a big deal. It was a social deal. Kids went to the mall and hung out and walked up and down the mall all day Saturday. And it was a big deal. And families went to the mall, the mall, the mall, the mall. There were movies made about the mall, right? And now these malls that used to be this place where there were all these people and all this commerce happening and money being exchanged and and people meeting people and a guy meeting a girl and, and going to the arcade or to the movies and all everything and just, you know going to the food court whatever was happening in the malls that used to be a big deal and now those malls are abandoned and, and when they go through filming inside those abandoned malls it's just so creepy you just look at it like what happened and you can imagine how busy they used to be and how many people and how much life was inside and now they're nothing more they're a shell of themselves they're gone because culture changed, people changed, and the content that you could get by going to the mall, you can get by ordering it and having it delivered to your house. Slowly but surely, a lot of people see church as nothing more than a content provider, and you can get that content by sitting at home. And once you decide you're no longer interested in that content, well, then you'll just won't matter at all. I just my thoughts. News if at yahoo.com. News if at yahoo.com. That's news if at yahoo.com. Thank you for spending fifty-three minutes and twenty-five seconds of your time listening to me try to make sense of this ever-changing world where more and more Americans are saying. Church, no, no, thank you. I'm not going. And tomorrow morning, all across the United States of America, a lot of people are going to wake up. They may have already made the decision tonight, but they're going to be like, nope, not going to church. Not going to church. Some may go tomorrow morning. They may skip Sunday school. Some may go tomorrow morning. They won't be back tomorrow night. Something is changing. What does that mean for the church? Five years from now. Everyone have a great Saturday. And if you do go to church tomorrow, hopefully you enjoy it. If you don't, you can listen to us if you so desire. Tomorrow, Jeremiah 18 during Sunday school. Sunday morning is supposed to be Jeremiah 19. And hopefully Sunday night, Jeremiah chapter 20. That's if... We have all three in-person services because when you're a pastor of a small church, you don't ever know what's going to happen. That's the goal. But even if we don't do that, you know, if we don't have a service, I'll be right here in front of this, behind this microphone, talking about something theological, biblical, and working on it, hopefully to provide content to your spiritual edification. But I do know you can get better all over the internet. But all I can do is provide whatever quality I do provide. I try to beat people out by the quantity because I know I can't win in the quality department, but I can definitely beat people in the quantity, right? 
but then you, if I'm honest, I can't even beat people in the quantity because there's just so much on the internet. I, I can't even win that battle. So, but hey, we're going to do what we can. Thanks for listening. Everyone have a great day. God bless.